Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that looks at the inspiration, intention, and actionable steps to help you jumpstart joy in the world, in your life, and in other people's lives. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. Welcome to episode 191. On this week's show, I'm really excited to be joined by Jenny Mahon. She is a health and wellness coach, a registered nurse, a soap maker, a singer and songwriter, and it is just a delight to have her on the show and talk about her many passions and how she approaches all of them with the spirit of delight and nourishment. I think you're just going to love this discussion. I There's such such a sense of serenity and curiosity that that is just throughout the discussion. I think you're going to really enjoy meeting Jenny. Before we get to the show, I want to say hello and welcome and thank you so much for tuning in this week to Jumpstart Your Joy. It is a weekly podcast that comes out on Tuesday mornings and we are in almost our fifth season. Uh, So this year, I'm looking at the inspiration, intention, and action involved in bringing joy to your everyday life. If you want to find out more about me or about the show, you can go to the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And while you're there, you can also find the show notes, as you can also find them in your podcasting app if you're using one. And the show notes for this one on the website are jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash Jenny. And you can find links to Jenny's website along with some other information if you want to check it out. This week's episode is brought to you by my very own Jumpstart Your Podcast Boot Camp, which is an eight-week program that takes you from the idea of having a podcast of your very own to being fully ready to go live in just eight weeks. And so that would mean you have a podcast up and running by the end of the summer. It's a lot of fun. And we learn the first rule of podcasting right out of the gate, which I'm just going to share with you now, which is it's your own darn podcast and you can do whatever you want with it. We go from there to going through the hardware software, how to edit, you know, what you need to know about hosts and RSS feed, and then also coaching you through the launch itself, which is always a lot of fun. We cheer each other on as these shows go live because it is a lot of work and a lot of excitement. If you want to enroll, Jumpstart Your Podcast is starting this Thursday, June 20th, 2019. And I tend to run it once a year, maybe every other year. So this is your chance if you've been waiting. It may not come around until 2021. Who knows? <laughs> Seems like a long time out. Um, and I would love to work with you. So you can join us starting on Thursday. You can sign up at jumpstartyourpodcast.com and I would love to see you there. So this week's show is just so, there's so much inspiration about how Jenny followed her heart and the things that really lit her up as a child, both the um, the world around her and nature and finding the delight and purpose in each thing and then wanting to create things that are useful and beautiful. And I, she's she pulls that into her work as a registered nurse and the way that she approaches working with clients. And I think you guys are just going to really be delighted at how she also takes that inspiration that she found and really puts it into action. I think you're just going to love meeting Jenny. And so let's get on to the show. Welcome to the show, you guys. This week, I am so excited to have Jenny Mahon on with me. She is a nurse and a health coach. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. 
Yay! (laughs) Um, Would you like to tell us about what you loved most as a child or in school? What were your earliest sparks of joy? Wow. Let's see. We were talking about this ahead of time about being a multi-passionate person and Mm. that that started in childhood for sure for me. Um, But some of the highlights, I guess I would say, are um, music was always, has always been um, a spark and a joy for me as well as, well, so from, I don't know, probably seven years old on, I was writing little songs and recording them into my little Fisher Price tape recorder. <laughs> I totally um, had one. <laughs> I love that thing. Yeah, that was great. And, um, and singing at the top of my lungs all the time annoyed my little sister like crazy. Um, and also being outdoors, my, my parents, when I was young, transitioned from medical professions to um, photography and writing that they kind of focused on the Great Lakes as an ecosystem. So we traveled in the wilderness a lot when I was young and, and we lived in the woods. So being outside and being in nature was always and is still a huge, um, a huge spark of joy for me. And creativity in other forms, you know, craft. And I wanted to be an artist when I grew up. Um, making things with my hands, especially if it was something useful and beautiful was kind of where I, I, well, and still where I like to geek out as well. Um, so those are, those are some of them. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And I, I, knowing what I know about you, I can see the through lines of so many (laughs) things, especially like, you have an amazing soap of the month club and some of those soaps will will link up to those people, but like they are beautiful, (laughs) amazing, beautiful. You can see the creativity coming through. So yeah, that's definitely a a big outlet for that nowadays. How did you decide to go into kind of nursing and health coaching from that being your background? That's (laughs) an involved story. So let me see. I went to school for outdoor education for a time mm-hmm. and um, for a number of reasons moved on, or moved on from that um, and ended up on a homestead in northern Wisconsin. I was really passionate about ecological design and using patterns of nature to kind of create sustainable living systems and stuff like that. Um, and so my, my then husband, or as a friend says, husband, <laughs> my husband <laughs> and I at the time had this little homestead out in the middle of nowhere, Northern Wisconsin. And we were kind of experimenting with a lot of these things. And I was a musician and I, I actually, I had a little soap business back then. I was managing a community sporting agriculture and trying to do a lot of creative things to make a living, which I did, but, you know, very, very meager living. And then when that relationship kind of hit the rocks and we went our separate ways, I found myself as a single parent of a one-year-old little boy and kind of out in the middle of nowhere on this homestead, which in some ways was great, but suddenly was like, okay, music and soap is great, but I actually, I need a more reliable way to support my little family. Mm -hmm. And I had kind of always thought if I went back to school, it would either be for nursing or to be an engineer, (laughs) which seems like (laughs) a strange um, choice. But we had we had built a cabin and then we were in the process of building another house. And so I really could appreciate the value of engineering knowledge and how that comes into play. And and that crafty piece, like DIY piece of me was drawn to that. But the nursing... 
I went into the nursing ultimately um, because I guess I didn't mention when we were talking about childhood sparks of joy, but I going back to my earliest days, there was some some drive around healing and nurturing creatures and plants that were sad or hurting or um, you know needed comfort in some form. Like I remember my grandma had these daffodils growing in her yard and we were in the woods. So they they would have to grow really tall to try to reach sunshine and then they get top heavy and fall over. And I would go out with popsicle sticks and scotch tape and like splint them to stand oh. back up again. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Drive was kind of always there. And um, as a young adult, I had gotten really interested in and passionate about um, herbalism and the role that um, plants can play in healing and in well-being and just just fascinated by that and had already been taking care of family members (laughs) this way. And I felt that this caregiving role was something I felt very called to and could do a good job at and also make a living. So that's kind of how I got started down the nursing path. And while I was in nursing school, um, you know, one of the things that I I loved the most was the therapeutic, what they call therapeutic communication, which is kind of basically coaching, even though nobody called it that or acknowledged that, but it's about being fully present with people and deep listening and, you know, reflecting what somebody is saying to you and what you're hearing from them and helping them work through and come to things on their own more than telling them what to do necessarily. So then I became a home care nurse, like a visiting nurse and did that for a number of years and loved it. Um, And especially loved the piece where as a home care nurse, we have this kind of special corner of the medical world where we have the time to spend one-to-one with people that you just don't get in other healthcare settings. So that time to really, you know, deeply listen and hear people, what was, what I I found people want their wounds healed, they want whatever I'm there for, but what ultimately over and over again, I found was most meaningful to folks was having that person that like non-judgmental person to really deeply hear them and believe them when they told me their stories and their frustrations and then to work with people in ways that work in their life to get where they want to go to have the experience they want to have. So. Oh, um, I really love that holding that space for people in that non judgmental way, especially I would imagine when they're ill in some fashion, that must be a real gift to both people that you as a practitioner can spend the time and that they, as someone who is looking for nourishment in some way also has more attention from a caregiver. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm, that's really beautiful. Um, are you still a home care nurse or have you kind of shifted out of that into something else? Um, well, kind of yes and no. So I'm I'm not doing home visits like skilled nursing, hands-on home visits, but I'm working um, right now with the local aging and disability resource center doing long-term care assessments for them that, so I still go in the home and I sit and I communicate with folks about what their needs are and um, the help they need. And which is kind of the first step in them um, applying for these long-term care programs, like Medicaid funded programs in our state. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still doing that. And I still kind of get my, my hit of having these really intimate conversations with folks. Um, but I have purposely been trying to shift more into the 
um, the coaching realm and, and as my own little business doing that, because like I said, a, that's the part I'm really passionate about and good at, I think. Mm -hmm. And where I think there's, um, kind of a, a gaping hole and a deep craving that people have, like you said, especially when they're sick or they're, they've just gotten a scary diagnosis or, you know, really vulnerable for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, not because there aren't a lot of good hearted medical professionals out there, but so many venues where we come into contact with medical professionals, professionals who are really driven by insurance and timelines. And mm-hmm. um, it's just really hard to kind of go deep with people and get to the roots of things. So um, I really wanted to coach with people so that we could kind of not just metaphorically put band-aids on problems, but really start to kind of get to the roots of what's going on and um, either start to heal that or um, at least manage it in a more nourishing, wholesome way, if that makes sense. Oh, it totally does. Yeah. I, I very much love what you're saying because what a lot of the medical field does have that sense of kind of get you through put medicine on it, whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> like, unfortunately, probably because of insurance and, uh, and mm-hmm. I don't know that we need to dig into that piece, but it does right. feel a little bit more less nourishing than maybe it could if we look back at how local doctors used to take care of people and know the family. And that kind of is missing a lot in yeah. today's world. And I think we do crave having that relationship with somebody that actually understands us and not just an ailment that we've brought in front of them. Right. There's actually a human and a heart behind <laughs> the condition that you're treating, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's super interesting because I ran into a thing where I was having terrible migraines and then kind of on my own figured it out that it was probably a fructose and gluten problem, which, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I think having someone to walk that with me mm-hmm. would have <laughs> probably <laughs> eliminated quite a bit of the frustration of trying to figure it out. Yeah. Or at least made the journey a little more enjoyable, maybe. I think that's a really interesting kind of segue into some of the space that you do around kind of working with people and food and the things that they eat. Um, You run a program called Nourish. Mm -hmm. How did that come about? Yeah, well, I've I've been working with folks for a few years now um, with the coaching side of things uh, more just that. And, And in my coaching work and my nursing work, what I find is kind of whatever the problem is, so often the way that we've been told to take care of ourselves or to get healthier or to heal is to is a, is a focus on eliminating something bad. And I'm doing air quotes here. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe in bad. Um, and or to control a quote bad behavior or to cut out quote bad food or uh, whatever it is. And the fact is that we humans just aren't motivated long-term that way by fear, by facts, or by force. So it's not that we really need more good information like about nutrition or whatever. Like Most of us basically kind of know what we should be doing <laughs> or want to be doing um, to be healthier in our lives. And, and not always. Like Sometimes we need some information, but but where folks I find really get hung up is a couple places. And that's in this um, place of focusing on kind of eliminating things and control and cutting out bad stuff 
<clears throat> inevitably leads to shame and guilt and feeling like a failure when that doesn't work because it just eventually won't work because that's not how we humans are wired. And then sometimes folks get caught up in or hung up on really little details that are in some ways little details, but it has big effects. Even just things like some basic cooking equipment or cooking skills, for an example, or um, whatever the case may be. And so the Nourish program came about because I'm I'm wanting to kind of change the conversation around health and well-being from this, our bodies and our behaviors and our diets are something to be controlled and um, usually by eliminating bad stuff towards a stance that's more about adding in the things that nourish us and really make us feel good and doing that by starting with delight and things that we find tasty, delicious, enjoyable, whatever, so that they're sustainable long-term and we'll actually keep doing them. And um, we're more motivated by that kind of thing. And (laughs) we're less likely to like hit that shame spiral. That's kind of where Nourish came from. And it's a free program. It's just kind of a an introductory thing to to help people start to shift that thinking because it's kind of a big leap from what we've always been told and what we've always been doing around health to to shift from that control stance to that um, delightful adding in nourishment stance. Yeah, that, and it does. It already just feels so much freer to think about what are the things that delight me food-wise or drink-wise or what mm-hmm. would taste amazing? Um, I mean, I'm even yeah. thinking like I've taken to putting fresh-made croutons on a salad because I'm gluten-free, of course. But like, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's just something about the warmth and I put herbs on it and it's like, yeah. oh, that's so good. Yeah. And then I get excited to eat it. Even though it's, I mean, a salad could be seen as like something that's limiting, but yep. not not when it's that way. It's so good. Yeah. It's a whole different experience when you come at eating a salad. Like I think a lot of people think of salads and immediately it feels constrictive. Like, oh, I should eat a salad. And then it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas if you're coming at eating a salad because, oh my gosh, it's spring and there's fresh local spinach that's incredible. And there's fresh strawberries and maybe some toasted nuts. Those are super tasty. And then it, like you said, it builds this excitement and this enjoyable experience. <laughs> And we're getting nutrients in our body and that make us feel good. And we mentally and emotionally feel good about the experience. And it kind of snowballs from there. Yeah. Because yeah. Eating, eating and being healthy should be enjoyable. I think a lot of us feel the no pain, no gain <laughs> philosophy. And yeah. that really hasn't worked for us. So yeah, I'm trying to kind of shift things towards something that is more enjoyable and expansive for folks. I that like actually that yeah, because I think it is too easy, especially, I mean, you could force your way into things for a while, but I I mean, yeah. even just from my own perspective, that might have been easier when I was in my 20s, but <laughs> I'm in my 40s now. And it's like, if I force it, it's it's not sustainable. That That's right. where I find myself wandering off and eating a lot of popcorn at night or something because I'm hungry yeah. or <laughs> whatever it yes. is. Exactly. If somebody's looking at that, I mean, I, I know kind of starting from that place of delight is kind of probably freeing and interesting to many people. Are there some basic ways that you see kind of aiding people or supporting them if they're making that shift in the thinking from kind of one of lack and like control mm-hmm. into this 
bigger place of abundance? Yeah, that's a great question. I think one of the most important starting points, even though I was just saying not to start from a place of eliminating things, but <laughs> I think one of the the key things is to start to try to practice kind of letting go of that old way of approaching things. So it's not about dieting. It's not about reaching a certain weight. And and I would encourage folks to research health at every size and that whole um, movement. There's research and information around you know, that our focus on weight loss is actually not productive and it's actually harmful. Um, weight is not inherently an indicator of good health. So that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but um, that's where a lot of folks start, whether it's because you feel like you're overweight or whether it's because you have a heart condition and losing weight is almost always the first thing we're told to do. And that's really just not helpful. So starting to learn about some of that and trying to experiment with setting some of that aside for now and trying this other way. And then from there, holding all of this in a spirit of kind of, you know, often we talk about trial and error and that again kind of sets us up for failure because when our trial doesn't work, then we feel bad and that doesn't motivate us. Whereas if we start with, okay, I'm going to try this thing, I'm going to experiment and see how it goes. And then it works or it doesn't. And either way, you have information now, right? To work with. Okay. If it worked, then keep doing that or do more of that. If it didn't work, then now, okay, this thing doesn't work for me. What might work for me? Let's tweak it a little bit. So a spirit of kind of experiment, experimenting and tweaking. And then I also really talk a lot about focusing on small steps because often when we decide we want or need to make a health change, we're very... Um, at some point, often we hit a point where we're like, okay, we're all in, we're going to take massive action, like New Year's yeah. resolutions or is a great example of this. And how long do those usually last for people, right? So instead of biting off more than you can chew and then kind of going into this negative spiral when that doesn't usually work out, starting with one tiny step and trying that, experimenting with that, then tweaking, and then adding another tiny step. And letting those small successes build on each other. And pretty soon we've got this positive momentum going um, that breeds more positive momentum. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and the delight piece, like like we were talking about, trying to trying to practice the awareness of in in a moment, whatever that is, whether it's sitting down to dinner or deciding whether you're going to go out for a walk or sit and watch TV or and not judging at all here. Cause sometimes like sitting and watching a show is the nourishing thing to do <laughs> in that moment, but pausing and prioritizing and kind of mindfully choosing what it is that's going to help you feel the way you want to feel and have the experience in your body that you want to have. I think that little pause is always such a little powerful thing to remind yourself you're always in choice. It doesn't really matter what the, the situation is that you always can choose. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's not to say that things aren't hard. Mm -hmm. Often they are. And that's something else I talk about too, kind of planning for challenges because we know they're going to happen. Eventually right. hard stuff is going to happen. So if you can start to kind of learn your patterns, we can't anticipate everything, but we all tend to have our triggers and our places that we get hung up. And so kind of planning ahead for those things and being like, okay, so if I know that this is, I'm going to feel this way when this happens, how can I support myself, nurture myself, 
um, soothe myself when that happens to help me pause and choose what I really want to experience. Mm, that's really powerful. Cause I, I mean, I know many times the soothing piece comes from food for many yeah. people. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, I, I, I think that's a really powerful thing to have in place is if, if I know I'm going into a situation that's going to be taxing to me in some way, how do I set myself up yeah. for then the reward or the, the thing after could be something that isn't at all um, food related, or it could be. Mm-hmm. And and knowing mindfully that it's not just I'm going to the cupboard right. <laughs> to try and figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and like you said, I mean, yeah, not judging at all. Like it may be yeah. that food is the soothing thing in that moment that that is what you really want and really nourishes you. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And then to like, let it be okay to not beat ourselves up about it. Yeah. But if that's not the thing, then kind of acknowledging that and trying to start becoming aware of what it might be instead. Yeah. I like that a lot. And having some options other than (laughs) my peanut butter cups, which are always the favorite and they are delicious. (laughs) Sometimes that's just fine. Yep. I hear you. Mine are the little little honey patties covered in dark chocolate. Oh, man. Oh, that sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) I think I need one of those. Um, I know you mentioned earlier that you love to make soap and it was kind of mixed in with the music and and Mm. a, a phase prior in your life. How did you decide to make a soap of the month club and um, how do you structure it and get your inspiration and all that? Yeah. um, Well, I, I got interested in soap years ago when I was actually at um, a music festival slash craft festival. I was playing there as one of the performers and had a booth. And while I was walking around the craft fair, um, found a person making and selling homemade soap, which I think that must have been the first time I really encountered it or noticed it. And I was just, there was just something about it that fascinated me. I was completely hooked. <laughs> I think, so, it, I think it's something about soap is so sensual it, from the standpoint of it. It really um, hits all our senses except taste, <laughs> mm-hmm. the sense and the textures and, and the colors and all of it. Um, and, and so then there was a holiday season where honestly I was broke and (laughs) needed a way to make, um, gifts or to have gifts that were something nice, but not expensive. And, and so I tried out making soap. I made a batch of soap and I was completely and totally hooked. And I started making more and more soap. And my husband at the time finally was like, you need to do something with this because our house is filling up with soap. (laughs) It needs to go somewhere. And that's, so that's how I started selling it originally. Um, and then I kind of had to take a little bit of a soap sabbatical, I say, for um, a few years because I'm now remarried to a wonderful man. And um, we were raising our son. We were building a house. Uh, I was working as a nurse. I was doing all the things and something kind of had to be set aside for a little bit. Mm. So just now we're living in our new house and things are sort of settling down a little bit. And I really was craving the soap making and that, um, that creative connection that way again, and wanted to bring that back into my life. But I, I was really kind of over the whole, like sitting at craft shows for hours on end and, um, Mm -hmm. 
and also like shipping off one-off orders. I don't mind. I like doing special orders for people now, but I wanted something that was where I could experiment and play, but have sort of a consistent, reliable, um, Mm-hmm. you know, a little business. And so the soap of the month thing was born and it's been so delightful. Everybody gets two bars of soap a month. There's usually one scented and one unscented, but it gives me the creative space to really experiment and play with new designs and um, not have to wonder if they're going to sell. So that's creatively and business-wise really nourishing. And um, just the, the, recurring income and and that is really nice um i do an occasional really worthwhile craft show now and then and i enjoy that but it's not you know it's mostly me in my kitchen geeking out over soap and having fun packing up boxes and sending them to people which which is what i love (laughs) i love it too i mean i i think that the i love that nourish keeps coming back but like I love that each package does feel like it's packed with total care and like it's a nourishing thing to get and it's exciting when it shows up. So I think that's really lovely. And it's clear that it's infused with that. I mean, it just, it really is. And I also love this piece of like, you knew that you loved it and then just figuring out the how of like, how do you get it so that it's sustainable for you? And how do you lean into the parts of, the process that you like and eliminate the pieces that are not working. It feels like it's also a, a mirror of what you do with your food and your nourish class. This is very similar to like what you've set up for your soap making. Oh, that's funny. I hadn't even thought of that that way, but that's true. <laughs> yeah. I, and I think it's a really lovely way to look at things because sometimes, I mean, almost always the podcast is the same way for me is I like love doing it, but how do I lean into the parts that I love more and yeah. kind of find ways to get help or support in the parts that I don't love as much. Yeah. How do I make that part easier? So I think that's a really a beautiful model of how to follow something that brings you joy. It's really yeah. I think I've, I've slowly learned that as I've gotten older, <laughs> you don't have to do things the way that you think you have to do them always. If that, if yeah. that makes any sense, there are ways to do what you want to do and, and kind of make it your own it sometimes takes a lot of experimenting and tweaking. <laughs> yes. It's, it's totally possible. Yeah. Well, and I feel like the other thing that comes up is kind of a, I mean, a Tiffany Hahn word, but is the crazy faith part of trusting yourself and like oh, knowing gosh, that the yes. thing will happen and it will be okay. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, with podcasting, I, I joke in my class, but the first rule of podcasting is it's your own podcast and you can do whatever you want with it. Cause I think, so many people don't give themselves permission. They think there's a way and then they mm-hmm. they get stuck in that thinking and then it gets really hard. But like, <laughs> like what you're, you're modeling is so freeing and beautiful. And like, yes, you can, you can find a way that there's an income stream with it. And then it gives you the room to play, which is a good favorite part. And yeah, it's just, it seems, it seems light and lovely and yeah. yeah. I'm very, I'm very thrilled with it. Thank you. And I'm glad that, that the people on the receiving end can feel all the love that gets poured into those boxes because there is a lot of it. In there. <laughs> yes, there is. And my, uh, this month there's like a tiny candle. My, my son who's eight is fascinated with this tiny candle. Like Aww. he wants to play hockey with it. He, like it has become all everything in our house. Wow, um, it's interesting. Yeah. It, it's really funny. It's uh it was interesting that he just gravitated to that. And he's like, well, can we play <laughs> go 
can we play so or no, can we play candle hockey? And I'm like, <laughs> candle hockey, that's awesome. I'm like, oh what's candle hockey? And he's like, this. <laughs> and then we're playing this game. And I'm like, okay, yeah. He's oh, like, we can't makes- burn this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy. I can't even tell you. <laughs> that was really an adorable moment. That's so sweet. I'm glad I got to share it with you. <laughs> that makes my day. <laughs> yeah, not how I envisioned my beeswax candles getting used, but that's awesome if they're bringing people joy that way. More power yeah. to you. <laughs> That's so funny. With having so many different kind of interests, I think a lot of multi-passionates run into this thing where there's that drive and desire and kind of creative process around let's do all the things. How have you, I mean, I don't know that balance is probably ever the right word for things, but like, how do you make it so that you can have space in your life for nursing and coaching and soap making and, and many other things? Wow, that's the million dollar question, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Probably, yeah. Oh, that's a great question. It's a few things. And starting from being honest and saying that um, it's a challenge often, and Mm -hmm. it's something that I have to be really mindful and conscious about, and I I don't always do well (laughs) with. But having said that, I think that, well, first off, for me, it's always been about pausing and prioritizing and it and so really trying to remember to remember the things that really matter you know like when we kind of get down to those like soul level things that really matter to us and then prioritizing those somehow because life is short and you never know and so like we kind of don't have time to mess around (laughs) um So for me, that's kind of always in the back of my mind, like what really matters, what really counts, and then trying to prioritize that within the reality of everyday life. And sometimes that's messy and challenging, and sometimes it's easier than others. But um, another thing for me that I've realized in the last few years is I think I always had this idea of balance as like this state of being or someplace I I would arrive and Mm -hmm. have achieved. And I finally realized that that's not how it is at all and that that's okay. And it's more for me anyway, it's been kind of like a, a pendulum that swings a little bit and Mm -hmm. to, to prioritize the things that I'm choosing in a span of time usually means something else gets a little more set to the side often, um, not necessarily set down completely or set down forever. Right now, my thing that I'm trying to fit into little crevices of my day <laughs> is um, getting out in the garden and um, having a little kitchen garden bed in front of our new house. And because that brings me joy being with the plants and being outside and listening to the spring bird song and, and knowing that in the future, what will bring me joy is having these fresh herbs. I can just run out from my front door and have this amazing stuff to add to our meals and that transforms them. And um, <clears throat> so you may, I may be doing a little less like running or other things because I'm, I'm making time for this thing. But that doesn't mean I won't come back to the other things. And again, the pendulum kind of swings. Those are great insights to it. Because I think it's it's honoring what you want and, and need and and love in the moment instead of it being that thing where 
I don't know. There's the other side of it, which is we got to, we have to fit all the things in for us mm-hmm. to be balanced, which I think that that's never sustainable. This <laughs> is maybe yeah. the right way of saying it, that it's, yeah. When yeah, you're, you know, I'm never going to like do my nursing work and soap and coaching and gardening and running and all the things eat like an equal amount of, of time always balanced neatly. <laughs> like that's yeah. never going to happen. Exactly. Um, and I think the other things are, I just was realizing too, is um, letting things be good enough, like not mm-hmm. getting hung up on things, having to be just right and asking for help and letting people help. Cause that's a place I know, at least for me. And I think a lot of folks to can tend to try to try to do it all ourselves and not even notice where we could be asking for help and lightening the load a little bit. Yeah. Those are th- th- those are both really important pieces to it. I'm, as I'm also looking out at my <laughs> planter box, it looks <laughs> like it could use some help. Yeah, I think like I just need to accept that maybe there's somebody else that can help mow the lawn or like whatever, instead of feeling right. like when I look out the window that it's all on me and I've somehow let anyone down because that's not, there, there's no truth in that. It just, right. they're just and plants and they're just growing. <laughs> they're right. doing what they do. Yeah. And like reality is I'm never going to have a garden that's going to make it on the cover of Better Homes and Gardens. Like that's just not going to happen. And that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm, This has been so much fun. Um, (laughs) If somebody is really inspired and would like to find you, where, where can they find out more about Nourish or your soaps or you? Yeah. Um, well, I, my website is kind of the hub for everything is there. And that's um, jennymahan.com. It's J-E-N-N-Y-M-A-H-A-N. And um, the Nourish program is there under the Reclaiming Nourishment tab. Um, I think the only thing I don't really have up there right now is the music piece. But if, if folks follow me on Facebook or Instagram, I'm on there either as Jenny Mahan or as Pine Creek Wellness. Um Sooner or later, the music and the soap um, pops up <laughs> in, in there too. So that's another way to to find me. That's amazing. I will link to all of that as well. I'll try and find some of the music <laughs> somewhere and put that link in as well. Um, well, why don't we jump to the the last question? Because um, I feel like we kind of touched on the crossroads of joy and, and health already. <laughs> what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world, or in other people's lives? I think that, like I was saying, starts for me starts with keeping front of mind those things that really matter, really deeply matter, and trying to at least make some space for them in our lives. <clears throat> and then taking the things that not only really matter, but that we really, really do bring us joy, that we're really good at, the things where we really shine, and letting it rip, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Uh, letting them breathe and have space in the world and hopefully nourish other people too, as well as ourselves. And I think, I think there's such, so much permission in that, like, let it rip, just like (laughs) kind of let go of this, whatever the judgment might be either internal or otherwise of anything about it, but just saying what I am good at it and I am going to go do this and I am going to shine at it. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, because playing small doesn't benefit us and it doesn't benefit the world. So as much as even though that's challenging and nerve wracking sometimes, owning it and, and letting it 
letting it out. Yes. Mm. So good. Well, thank you so much for being on this week, Jenny. It's just, it's been such a treat to get to meet you and, and get to talk to you. Oh, it's been so much fun. Thank you. Jenny, thanks so much for being on this week. It really was a treat to get to speak with you. And I love how you have embodied and imbued your business with so much delight and nourishment. And if you are looking to find Jenny's Nourish class, the links are in the show notes, which are at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash Jenny. And also links to her website so you can find out more about her if you would like to connect. She's also on Instagram and you can find her there at Pine Creek Wellness and tell her we sent you. (laughs) And I want to give you guys the little reminder that if you are looking to start a podcast, you're going to want to go to jumpstartyourpodcast.com. My boot camp is starting on June 20th, 2019, and I haven't run it for two years. If you're looking to start a show and you've been waiting, well, now is the time to sign up. Our first call is on Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific, and we're going to be talking all about the first rule of podcasting, along with kind of discovering how often you want to publish how long you want to be committing to for a season and really setting yourself up for some great success in creating a podcast that will link you up and introduce you to new clients and also all sorts of fun new people. So if you want to find that, jumpstartyourpodcast.com and I would love to have you in class. Next week's show is going to be a solo cast and I'm still working on what that content is. So I think it will be a little bit more about the joyful approaches to business. But, you know, we're in launch mode around here. So we will see. Uh, I hope you'll come on back to find out what exciting solo cast I have in store for you all. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with signing up for Jumpstart Your Podcast and so much joy.